Okay, so we're back. And we have a uh, British conservative politician from across the pond who feels they should bring back slavery. Hmm. Let's get into it. Our talk radio live and uncensored. Nothing wrong with the skin color at all. I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with skin color. It's just they're lower class than us white people. You know, nothing wrong with the skin color at all. I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with skin color. It's just they're lower class than us white people. You know. Nothing wrong with the skin color at all. I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with skin color. It's just they're lower class than us white people. You know. Hmm. That's what he thinks of us. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. <sighs> Give me a minute right here and get in the article. Andrew Edwards, Welsh Tory councillor, suspended over allegations of racist remarks. What did he say? Andrew Edwards, who presents the Tories on Pembrokeshire Country Council in Wales, has been accused of making racist remarks. Conservative Party councillor has been suspended after a recording surfaced, which appeared to him saying all white men should have a black person as a slave. And Andrews, who represents the Tories on Pembrokeshire City Council, I'm sorry, County Council in Wales, referred to himself to the Public Services Ombudsman after this 16 second clip surfaced on Wednesday, April 12th. But on Thursday, April 13th, the Welsh Conservatives confirmed to Sky News that he had also been suspended from the party whilst investigation is carried out. In the recording published earlier in this week by online news site, nation Simbru and shared widely on social media a male voice says i think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave you know it's nothing wrong with skin color it's just that they are a lower class than us white people you know edward's voice is said to have been identified by other members of the pembrokeshire council after they went after they were sent the audio it is not clear where or when the recordings was made. However, children and other adults can be heard talking and playing in the background of the audio. In his written statement, Edwards, who has represented the, the Harbor Force Ford Worst Prendergrass Ward as a 
Tory counselor since May 2022 said, I'm aware of such serious allegations being made against me. This is why I have self-referred to the Public Services Obundsman for an independent evaluation. It is now in the hands of legal experts and the Obundsman. It would be unfair on the process for me to comment now. The Ben Brookshire Council added, we are aware of the allegations being made and have referred the matter to the Obundsman. It would be inappropriate to comment further. Meanwhile, West Conservatives leader in the Sydney, Andrew R.T. Davies said, the views expressed in the reporting are disgraceful, are horrid, and are not shared by the Welsh Conservatives. As the matter be, is being investigated, it would be inappropriate to comment further. And a spokesperson for the Labour and, and Council Group said, the views contained within the recording are disgusting. Racism has absolutely no place in our society, let alone in the views expressed by an elected member on Pembrokeshire County Council. It is unclear when the results of the investigation will be released. What could I say, man? This is this is how they think of you. So I've been wondering about Sarah Garvey when he, you know, wants to say. And many Brits who think like Sarah Garvey, I wonder what they think about this. What is the solution? to this situation that's what I wonder but what can I say moving on to the next story I mean <laughs> they try to paint Ukraine in a good light but um, you know these uh, <laughs> the Ukrainians are are not letting it be their actions. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, <laughs> I've heard so many stories, man. So many stories of, uh, you know, Ukrainian refugees burning down people's houses, leaving their kids with the person that they're staying with to go do prostitution, <laughs> identity theft, false allegations against the people who take them in I, mean, I remember this one story about a woman and a man they were a couple they took in a Ukrainian refugee and all they asked to do was to help out with the chores she ends up reporting reporting the mother I'm mean, the wife all right to the British authorities uh, the wife works in healthcare, all right she could have gone to jail and lost her license but they found the allegations were false all this just to ask to help with the dishes you're seeing that not only is Ukraine, you know, you look through the news yourself, not only is the Ukrainian government corrupt, but its people are corrupt as well. Britons who took in Ukraine's demand tougher background checks. <laughs> oh, wow. A number of Brits who opened their homes to Ukrainian refugees are calling for tougher background checks after allegedly falling victim to fraud and theft at the hands of their guests. Hosts fear a small minority are taking over, taking advantage of the British welfare system by claiming universal credit and other benefits, despite many being wealthy in their own right. With the claims they are splashing out on shopping trips to the Harrods, Botox injections, and Apple products while being under no obligation to contribute to the household bills. Just under 170,000 Ukrainians have been taken in by British families through the homes 
and for Ukraine scheme since Vladimir Putin launches a <laughs> that's cap launches a legal war on their country last February. But the program has been fraught with issues with scores of host guests relationships breaking down due to deep cultural differences and the financial strain placed on homeowners amid the ongoing cost of living crisis. There is no way I would take in refugees in this time. Not a chance. No way. The Brits have been let down by the process, having now formed an online community to offer each other support. <laughs> Among them are victims of alleged theft and fraud, according to one forum leader, Emma Nishishiski, 53, more than a dozen cuckold wives whose husbands' heads have been turned by their younger female guests. Ah, man. You got... <laughs> Yeah, that uh, this this has happened as well. This has happened. It's sad, but this has happened as well. Wow. <sighs> a British host on the Homes for Ukraine scheme claims she knows of more than a dozen wives whose husbands have had affairs with Ukrainian women. They have opened up their homes to. Emma Nagashiski, 53, told Mail Online this week that at least 17 wives have been cuckolded after agreeing. To the resettlement process, Ms. Sachiski runs a hundred-strong Facebook group for hosts who have been had who have had a negative experience with the refugee scheme. These men have having their heads turned by these young women and families have been destroyed. She said, "One woman, I, I've read articles like this too. One woman in a private Facebook run by Ms. Sachiski group revealed how she was forced to divorce her partner after he kept sneaking off with their guests for secret rendezvous at the pub." She claimed that when she asked to read his messages to her, he deleted them all. When approached by the mail online, the mother of two said she was still trying to digest the situation after throwing her husband out of the house, adding that she did not wish to discuss it further. Ukrainians arriving to Britain as part of the Home for Ukraine scheme are eligible to live and work here and claim benefits from day one. This is going to break... What happens to the people who actually are homeless in, in uh, Britain? What happens to the people that are actually are, you know, single mothers, poor families? What happens to them? Wow, man, this this is insane. They will receive some level of support from the universal credit for if their declared savings are under sixteen thousand, a full support if they are less than six thousand. They will also continue to be eligible for childcare and housing support if they go on. To get a job, providing their savings remain under sixteen thousand, those who have reached their retirement age can also claim around two hundred per week in per pension credit. Although those with more than ten thousand in declared savings will see their entitlement reduced. Wow, man, this this is <laughs> oh ah well, maybe this will help them to you know finally see the see the truth about. You know Ukraine and its people. All right, these people not only can't be trusted, okay, but these people also have a strong belief in Nazism. That's what they're not telling the mainstream media. All right, that's that's the hilarious part there. And now people are paying for it. It's unfortunate, but people are going to learn the hard way. 
okay? And I wonder what's going to happen when they find out that these people are for Adolf Hitler. That's what I want to know. But we'll know soon because they're going to be, they're coming over here in America and they're going to be, if they're draining the welfare system in Britain, okay, they're going to be draining the welfare system in America. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. But let's uh, skip over to Uganda now. We got a Uganda um, LGBT activist that is against the anti-LGBT bill in Uganda. Let's talk about it. All right, let's go. Okay. And I'm going to give you my reasons why I say the things I say. Oh, it's so short. <laughs> fair use, by the way, fair use. I mean, as a young person, you want to belong, you want to feel wanted, you want to feel liked, you want to be able to engage with your own friends. And because of that, because of uh, people knowing about my sexuality, in some times I felt, you know, isolated or shunned in some times. And I also did lose some friends. We are making this law for ourselves. We are making this law for our children. We are making this law for the children of our children. This country will stand firm. And once it passed, I can tell you, Madam Speaker, we are going to reinforce the law enforcement officers to make sure that homosexuals have no space in Uganda. The Ugandan population has been radicalized to fear and hate homosexuals. And the challenge is, this is at the local level. It is mostly in uh, local social media, TikTok and WhatsApp messages, markets. Um, and the talk everywhere, they talk about homosexuality negatively. So many of these Ugandans live in these areas which are densely populated, uh, slums, suburbs. So for some of them, life has become very difficult. They can't stay there anymore. Now, this is what I'm going to say, right? Okay. What you have to say, what are we going through here? What are we going through here in America right now? We have uh, teachers bullying kids, saying, you're going to accept the alphabet history here. You're going to, there is no choice in what you don't have a say. I don't care what you believe. Yet these are people supposed to be tolerant, okay? We have Alan Walker, a former assistant professor at Old Dominion University, trying to, you know, normalize pedophilia by taking the name pedophile and replacing it with maps, minor attracted persons, okay? We have drag queen story times, okay, in schools now. Drag queen kids are being taken by their parents to bars. Okay. We have people trying to 
give irreversible surgeries to young kids. We have a kidnapping law in California now that if a kid says, well, I feel like if I'm a boy and I feel like a girl, the teacher can take the kid without the parent's consent and put them in a group home to get the process, to get starting on the process to become what they feel is their gender. We have detransitioners, okay, either deleting themselves or making statements of how they regret their change and how, uh, you know, they were pushed into this as a young age. We have same-sex alphabet couples that was arrested in Georgia a few months ago for taking two adopted twin boys and putting them through a pedophile ring. And what I just said, that, that last statement I made, that's going on in Africa right now. Okay? It has gone from love is love, this movement in America, love is love, let's get married, to, um, what's that guy's name? Jack Phillips. Trying to force him to bake a cake for two alphabet uh, couple. When they do, that alphabet couple could have gone down the street and gone somewhere else to get their cake for their wedding. Jack Phillips had to go through Supreme Court, battle them to keep his business going. Top of that, another one, another alphabet tried to come after him, but that success failed. Going on in America, they want that going on in Uganda, in any African nation. Okay. They want that going on. So when I hear somebody trying to, who's alphabet, and they trying to say, oh, we're oppressed and stuff like that, that is foolishness. They want the, they want the tyranny that is going on in America to happen in the continent of Africa. That's what they want. So I am on the side of Uganda and Gambia and any African country that wants to be against this lifestyle. They're protecting their kids. They're protecting their families. Okay. <clears throat> so this man, what he's saying falls on deaf ears to me. All right. His words mean nothing to me. Let me see if I can get some up here. Yeah. Let me read this. Okay. They're 2% of the population, but 40% of child predators. 92% of children with same-sex guardians have been abused. 50% of these 50% of them have uh, HIV cases, 82% of them have syphilis cases, and 30% of them have anal cancer. This is going on in America right now with people who have this lifestyle, people who adopt kids. I am firmly for Uganda, Cambia, whatever African country 
is against this lifestyle. They don't want their kids suffering like this. They don't want African children put in foster homes with alphabet couples and they're getting abused. Okay. In Canada right now, let me tell you something. In Canada, uh, Kevin Trudeau, right? He has authorized the police to hunt down child predator hunters. Okay. People who are trying to expose child predators. That's how bad it is in Canada right now. And this person right here doesn't give a damn about kids. And that's what he doesn't care about. That. He doesn't care. I know he watches. Uh, this guy has to watch uh, what goes on in Western countries. He doesn't care. He just wants the right to be free and do whatever decadent lifestyle he wants. But that, that is coming down the tailpipe. It already is in America. Cases like that I just told you about child predators, foster care, it's swept under the rug when it comes to alphabet predators. Let's keep going. Right. What do you think about the, you know, uh, U.S. Homeland Security Chief launches an artificial intelligence task force? What are your thoughts on that? Let's dive right in, shall we? U.S. Homeland Security Chief Launches AI Task Force. Alejandro Morocas wants to use AI to secure the homeland and defend against the malicious use of itself. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security plans to launch an artificial intelligence task force to explore how rapidly advancing technology can be deployed to drastically alter the threat landscape. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Morocas Announced during his State of Homeland Security address at the Council on Foreign Relations on Friday, our department will lead in the responsible use of AI to secure home, the homeland and defending against malicious use of this transformational technology. Maracas declared, insisting that any AI used by the Department of Homeland Security will be rigorously tested to avoid bias and desperate impact. Oh, boy. This, this is really looking like... <laughs> I got to laugh when they put that Terminator uh, Terminator picture on. Specifically, he said the department will integrate AI into supply chains and cargo screening, predicting the technology will be able to accurately detect products made with slave labor, zero in on fentanyl and precursor chemical shipments, and even target or distribution key nodes in the criminal networks powering both. It can also protect electric grids, water supplies, 
and other critical infrastructure, he added. Marcus acknowledged on Thursday his task force will also investigate the nefarious purposes AI could serve. The, be the better to defend against them, of course, any regulations targeting AI would have to find a sweet spot between innovation and safety, he said, and any decision would have to be made quickly. While the DHS security stressed that AI was still in a nascent stage, he marveled at its perceived potential to claim the powers extraordinary. Thousands of AI experts recently signed a letter urging a six-month moratorium on giant AI experiments so that governments, corporations, and other stakeholders can hammer out a regulatory framework with effective safeguards capable of stopping any potentially civilization-destroying development. From wiping out the human race. These include Elon Musk, co-founder of ChatGDP, creator OpenAI, who has called the technology dangerous. Even OpenAI's um, CEO Sam Altman has admitted humans will eventually have to slow down this technology as the company rapidly advancing AI chatbots will eliminate a lot of current jobs. While he has sought to reassure doubters that the company is working on adding Elements the Center for Artificial Intelligence and Digital Policy last month asked the Federal Trade Commission to open AI from issuing new commercial releases of chat of um, PT-4, the engine powering chat GPT, calling the software bias deceptive and a risk of, to privacy and public safety. Oh no, man. <laughs> this is not looking good. This is not looking good at all. All right. It really isn't. When it comes to this. Okay. So. Guess what else happened today? No, not today, but another train derailment. Yep. What's going on? That's all I can say. Something is going on. Okay, let's get into that. Okay, give me a minute here. Okay, here we go. Okay. 
train carrying hazardous material has derailed and caught fire in the US state of Maine. Authorities say a build-up of melting ice and debris washed out a section of the track, causing six lumber cars and three locomotives to derail. The incident caused a small forest fire that was later contained. Three rail employees were taken to a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The derailment is the fourth in a month for train operator Canadian Pacific Kansas City. That's insane, man. Something's going on, really, when it comes to that. All right. Okay, here we are. All right. Witnesses describe train cars twisted like pretzels after main train derailment. Jackman, Maine. The new information and a theory caused a derailment over the weekend of the east of Jackman. Canadian Pacific Railways train derailed Sunday morning about 15 miles east of Jackman. Three crew members escaped injury and had to climb out of a window to escape. Pilot Russ Griffin of Jackman got a bird's eye view of the derailment from 2,000 feet up. He and a friend witnessed the aftermath on an airplane. It was only like 10 minutes from Jackman by air, and we could actually see the smoke from the airport in Jackman, Griffin said. During a phone interview Monday, the derailment site is located halfway between Jackman and Rockwood, which is near Moosehead Lake. He said the train was carrying lumber and electrical wiring. Oh, officials said those wirings, those wires are highly flammable and considered hazardous material. Officials also said the derailment caused a small forest fire. Griffin said he could see it all. Well, there was a column of smoke, black smoke. I think it was by the time we got there, the diesel fuel was burning and then we flown over it. I could tell with the cars where they were, most the num mostly the number of cars. It was like the first four cars were all lumber. It was almost all lumber was completely burned, Griffin said. Jackman's fire chief, Bill Jarvis, was among those first on the scene. Crew members have escaped the wreckage and told the chief, chief told the fire chief the train was traveling 35 miles per hour and hauling 15 million pounds of freight. They could also suddenly see the rails still there with the, wa the washout. They knew there was nothing underneath the rail and they knew there was nothing they could do. And the lead locomotive there, there were in hit and that went down, Jarvis said. Jarvis said he could see the washout from the air as well. The cars kind of looked like pretzels. And I tell you what, there was a lot of destruction in a very small spot. The lead engine hit this washout and it, it is like it stopped suddenly, instantly, Griffin said. The fire chief said he was surprised no one was seriously hurt or even killed. Either how they made it out is an absolute miracle, Jarvis said. The fire chief said it likely the focus of an investigation will be on the area of the tracks that washed out. It appeared as though ice and debris and 
whatnot or whatever built up by the culvert that flows under the tracks and there was so much water raising the ice and such that it just seemed to have saturated the railroad bank and it just let go and washed it all out a train had come through the day before and never had an issue driver said officials with cpr canadian pacific railway said the cleanup efforts continue and there was no estimate at this time of how long that will take that is another train derailment okay I think these are deliberate I'm going to be very honest with you I think they're that's what it is Okay, let's see what's going on in France right now. Springtime in Paris after a season of pension protests. Now it's crunch time. For the 12th week, there's been organized action across France, driven by unions and ordinary workers, underpinned by crippling strikes, supported by the young and old. So you're 68 now. Right. What difference did it make to you retiring at 62? Oh, OK. But... It's, uh, it was a relieving because uh, I can uh, enjoy the life. This demonstration is particularly significant. People really want to get their voices heard because it comes on the eve of a critical ruling which will decide whether or not the French government under President Emmanuel Macron acted within the French constitution in trying to raise the pension age from 62 to 64. In Paris and in other cities, things inevitably turned violent. The demonstrations have gone on for so long, it's almost like choreographed theatre, with a rump of hardcore protesters, the so-called black bloc, adept at playing cat and mouse with the riot police. But there's more to the anger. On this pension issue, the demonstrators say France is no beacon of democracy. President Macron has tried to bypass Parliament, where he doesn't hold a majority, to push the measures through. And it's not just about raising the pension age? No, no, no. I guess we, we are here for all the problems we have in France, not all about just about the pension, because it's more than that, way more than that. President Macron says the pension changes are a necessity in the face of spiralling inflation and the cost of living. The decision of France's Constitutional Council will likely embolden one side or the other. Though it's hard to see how the protests, even in the face of tear gas and determined police tactics, will easily subside. Now, the thing is, um, she's right. It's not just about the, uh, it's not just about pension when it comes to Macron. It's also the fact of his sneaky dealings, um, 
the police brutality. He has used the police as thugs. I could also say about the fact that I wouldn't be shocked if they found out that Macron uh, took away the age of consent in France. So, you know, uh, you know, that would be a pedophile's wet dream to go to France. Okay. Um, you could check out the information for yourself. All right. Also, his leverage of the uh, of um, this conservative party and um, his sneaky ways of how he got uh, reelected and how he has allowed crime to go up so he can manipulate that to come in and be, and be a savior to his people when he really wasn't. A whole bunch of things that Macron has done that is very corrupt and very evil. That is why the people are fighting back. Okay. Now on to the next story. Okay. Okay, here we are. Yep. About China operating police stations within the U.S. Chinese Communist Party are operating police stations in the United States in an effort to surveil Chinese dissidents. It seems obvious the U.S. shouldn't allow its most significant geop geopolitical rival and oppressive communist regime to establish police stations in the U.S. What authority or jurisdiction does the CCP have in the U.S.? And I don't know which one when it testify. Well, Senator, uh, like you, I'm very concerned about this. Um, we are aware of the existence of these stations. I had to be careful about discussing our specific investigative work, but to me it is outrageous uh, to think that the Chinese police would attempt to set up shop you know, in New York, let's say, without proper coordination. It violates sovereignty and, and circumvents uh, standard judicial and law enforcement uh, cooperation processes and the reason the reason this is so important is because we have seen a clear pattern of the Chinese government the Chinese Communist Party exporting their trans their repression right here into the US and we've had now a number of indictments that you may have seen of the Chinese engaging in uncoordinated law quote-unquote law enforcement action right here in the United States harassing stalking surveilling blackmailing uh, people who they just don't like or who disagree with the, the Xi regime. Uh, and so it's a real problem, and it's something that we're talking with our, our foreign partners about as well, because we're not the only country where this has, uh, has occurred. Okay. All right. My thing is, is like, mm, I mean, yeah, I do feel kind of way of kind of way with uh, the Chinese government having police stations in the U.S., but the U.S. has military bases all over the world, eh, gathering information on those countries and bringing it back to the CIA and other government, U.S. government institutions, on how to use that information. So, 
there's that. But uh, let's get into this. All right. What China's alleged secret overseas police stations? Police in New York have arrested two men for allegedly setting up a secret police station for a Chinese privacy police agency to collect information on opponents of the ruling Communist Party. Such offices have been reported across North America, Europe, and in other countries where Chinese communities include critics of the Communist Party who have family or business contacts in China. China denies that they are they are police stations, saying that they exist mainly to provide citizen services, such as renewing driver's license. Yeah. Partly leader and head of state, Jinping, Jinping has witnessed a campaign against corruption that has also targeted criticism of his regime at home and abroad while seeking to chase down those accused of financial crimes. The arrest Monday in New York alongside charges against 34 officers with China's National Police Force in China for using social media to harass party critics in the U.S. states, the United States, authorities said Monday. Below is a low is a look at the allegations that China is running secret overseas police stations and the backlash they have encountered. The two men who were arrested were acting under the direction and control of a Chinese government official. The Justice Department said in a statement Monday, the arrests of the men identified as Harry Lu Jianwang, 61, of the Bronx, and Xin Jinping, 59, of Manhattan, both U.S. citizens, are the first of their kind anywhere in the world. The two did not register with the, Depart with the Justice Department as agents of a foreign government, U.S. law enforcement officials said. And though the office did perform some services, such as helping Chinese citizens renew their Chinese driver's licenses, it also served as more sinister function, including helping the Chinese government locate a pro-democracy activist of Chinese descent in California and threatening a fugitive whom police wanted to return to China, officials said. On Tuesday, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said there was no such thing as an overseas police station and accused the U.S. of smears and political manipulation. China's foreign ministry says it operates the centers abroad, abroad to help citizens with bureaucratic tasks, such as renewing driver's license that typically are done at police stations in China. But the Spain-based non-government group Safeguard Defenders accused Chinese police of using the offices to spy on critics abroad, harass or threaten both citizens and non-citizens in a report published last year. A Chinese official claimed last year that 210,000 suspects of fraud were persuaded to return to China in 2021 as part of a crackdown on telephone scams, although the researchers wrote that not all were charged with crimes. Countries including Canada and Ireland asked China to close such stations or open investigations of their own following the Safeguard Defenders report. According to prosecutors in New York, the station in New York was operated by Fozo branch of Ministry of Public Security. They wrote that it had no authority to operate there and infringed U.S. law and national sovereignty. Okay. All right. China-U.S. political relations are at a historic low. In February, the U.S. canceled a visit by Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to Beijing amid a furor over a Chinese spy balloon that overflew the U.S. suspicion of China. 
is one of the few areas where the Democratic and Republican parties find common ground, and the accusations of illegal Chinese police stations will likely galvanize sentiment of banning of Chinese brands such as Huawei and TikTok countries are required by international treaty to inform each other of when and where they operate their diplomatic missions. Things are just going to get worse, man. And the thing is, is, uh, who knows what could happen in the future? Okay. We could be invaded from within. Matter of fact, I see that happening. China invading the U.S. or just, you know, one day just the Chinese citizens, just who you don't know are agents. Just flip the script on the government and just take over. All right. Chinese government already has, you know, the United States already owes a debt to China. And they own land in America, the Chinese government. They own processing plants. Okay. Heck, I mean, under Joe Biden, many Chinese nationals are flooding the U.S. border. I don't know if you know that that's happened okay insane man insane but what are your thoughts on uh child labor like it's that's a solution to the uh, labor shortage now let's check it out fair use country or what kind of society comes to mind a sweatshop in south asia or a mine in africa well, we're not talking about these tonight. We're talking about child labor in America, the United States of America. They're making child labor legal. They're passing laws to allow children to do all kinds of jobs, even serve alcohol on night shifts. They're passing bills to enable this. Why? Because the U.S. has a shortage of labor, and children can be used as cheap labor. What about child rights? Well, it's America. They can justify anything. And they have a justification for this one, too. The lawmakers say children need work experience. Can you beat that? If children need work experience, they would have done this decades ago. Also, you have a lot of homeless people, people who had jobs but lost them. Lost them. Why can't you hire them? Okay. Why can't you do that? Or how about you... Um, take off some restrictions so people can actually work. Okay. Why don't you do that? If you all know what I'm talking about with the restrictions that is, that's been going on since 2020. All right. Somebody, these kids serving alcohol. No. They are really trying to destroy society. It's as absurd and exploitative as it sounds. 
State after state in the U.S. is trying to pass laws that will crush child rights. Let me explain with what happened in Iowa. The state Senate has passed a bill. It's inconspicuously called Senate File 542. It allows 14 and 15-year-olds to work six-hour night shifts until 9 p.m. during the school year and 11 p.m. during vacations. 16 and 17-year-olds will be able to work as long as adults. And what will they be doing? Not just the usual jobs of waiting tables and babysitting. Anyone above 15 will be able to work in assembly lines. You heard that right. They'll assemble goods or pack meat. And we aren't joking about the meat. Kids will now be able to work in jobs previously banned for minors, even dangerous jobs. As long as they're part of an approved training program, they can do these jobs. So expect to see internship offers from mines and meat packing plants for children. And what happens if the child gets injured? Initially, employers were going to get complete immunity, but then there was a heated debate in the Senate. So now children will be able to seek compensation. This was one of the compromises made to bring back child labor in the state of Iowa. Of course, injury is not the only danger that children will be exposed to. 16-year-olds will now be able to serve alcohol at restaurants. Yes, by all means, let teenagers handle booze on late-night shifts. What could possibly go wrong? The bill is not law yet. For that, it must be passed by the House of Representatives. But reports say it has enough supporters, including the state's restaurant association an industry association, also a grocery chain called High V. Incidentally, this chain has been fined over $700,000 since the year 2000. What for? For over 30 labor law violations, including child labor violations. Of course, they support this law. And these are examples from just one American state. It's pretty much the same across the board. Child labor has been increasing dramatically since the pandemic. Just last year, violations increased by 37%. And what solution did American lawmakers come up with? Make it easier for companies to exploit children, to hire them, to make them work. Last month, the state of Arkansas passed a law. Companies there no longer legally are obligated to verify the age of teenage staff. Now, legally, children under 14 are not allowed to work. But now there's a new law. So they can employ preteens, and then they can say they did not know the age. In New Jersey, six. And that's basically it. Okay, this is what's going on. Okay. These kids under, you know, that are minors, they don't have the maturity to work in these types of environments. Okay. And late night booze. You know, you're working late night and you're serving booze. A lot of things could go wrong. They, these kids could easily slip into the habit of being alcoholics. Okay. And this is what is going to happen. All right. Let's check out this story right here when it comes to... Uh, You ever heard of, uh... actually, let's go into this one right here. There's a story I want to get, you know, get into. Hold on one minute. Yes. Get into this one. Yep. 
Guys, let's talk about NATO. Let's talk about that. Okay. All NATO allies have agreed uh, that uh, Ukraine will become uh, a, a, a member. Um, uh, uh, President Zelensky has a very clear uh, expectation. We discussed this, um, um, uh, both the issue of membership but also security guarantees. Um, and, um, and of course, Ukraine needs security. Uh, because no one can tell when and how this war ends. But what we do know is that when the war ends, we need to ensure that history doesn't repeat itself, that uh, Russia is not able to continue to attack and to wage uh, war again against uh, Ukraine. Ukraine's rightful place uh, is in NATO, as allies have agreed. Um, uh, but also that the main focus now uh, is uh, to ensure that Ukraine prevails. Because if Ukraine doesn't prevail as a sovereign independent nation in Europe, there's no meaning in discussing... Uh yep. Wild. That is, that is wild, what's happening. Okay, so this is what's going on now. NATO's chief tells Zelensky that Ukraine's rifle place is in NATO. NATO Secretary General John Jens Dolzenberg paid a surprise visit to the Ukraine capital on Thursday to tell President Volodymyr Zelensky that his country's place is in NATO. The NATO chief told Zelensky Ukraine's rifle place is in NATO and over time, our support will help you make this possible. According to political, Ukraine's government formally requested accelerated accession to join NATO in September last year. But while NATO promised in 2008 that Ukraine will eventually become a member, most allies, including the U.S., have been wary about creating a concrete pathway to the alliance for Kyiv while war rages on. The issue has fueled frustration and disagreements. Within the alliance, while all allies agree Ukraine cannot become part of NATO right now, some eastern flank members are pushing for the alliance to give Kyiv at least a symbolic gesture that is moving closer to NATO. Infowars reports, so despite an acknowledgement across the board, it's not the right time to make Ukraine a member of the group. The NATO chief still decided to provoke Russia. Stoltenberg even provided a time frame as to when they might be decided, saying it would be a high on the agenda when preparing for the villainous summit, which takes place in July. Perhaps foreshadowing what's to come, Zelensky suggested that the villainous summit could be historic, telling Sultanberg that for starting our negotiations, I'm sure that we will continue to establish peace together in Ukraine and throughout Europe and the world. This is, of course, hypocritical because Zelensky has reportedly refused to engage in peace negotiations with Russia, with Russians, despite reported pleas from 
some American leaders. Ending his comments, the NATO chief basically said the main focus of the alliance as of now is to ensure that Ukraine prevails so that it can become a NATO member in the future. In a clip going viral, Stoltenberg said all NATO allies have agreed that Ukraine will become a member of NATO. The NATO head is clearly lying to the public as Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, the leader of a NATO country, responded to Stoltenberg's remarks as writing, what? Twitter post. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So be prepared for this to still be on the path to World War Three. Okay. Beyond that, just beyond observant that uh, we're still going to be on that. We're still going to be on that time frame of what's going on. All right. So let's talk about how this is good news right now for Africa. Okay. I'll give you a story. All right, here we go. Africans rise up against Bill Gates. We are not guinea pigs for your risky experiments. Bill Gates uses African people as guinea pigs in the African continent as a, an African continent as his personal laboratory for extreme risky experiments. According to a top African official who has blasted Gates and others for playing God with their lives. Renowned scholar, Dr. Chipagri Arakiri, who serves as a senior advisor to the United Nations and African Union, dropped the hammer on Gates for conducting extremely risky experiments in Africa that involve experimental manipulation techniques. As the People's Voice recently reported, an oral vaccine developed by Gates Foundation triggered polio outbreak in the African country, Beramundi, last month. Health, health officials reported that children were paralyzed by the virus outbreak. The children were paralyzed by the vaccine-derived polio linked to the new NOPVE polio vaccine, according to health officials in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Burundi and the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. The polio vaccine was developed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Ariki Blasty Gates, radical billionaire, George Soros and others in an essay for the New York Times. Professor warned Gates and Soros that my content is not your giant climate laboratory. According to his essay, solar geoengineering is supposed to be redirect climate change from the sun rays. As the People's Voice recently reported, Gates and Soros have been promoting a dangerous new technology that seeks to fight climate change by blocking heat and light from the sun to cool the Earth's global temperature. Soros touted the plan during his address at the Munich Security Conference in February. According to Fox News, source boasted that he had discovered a process where white clouds are created to reflect sunlight away from the planet's surface. He claims the technology will help to prevent ice sheets from melting. Ice sheets melting in Greenland in particular, he claimed could doom human civilization. Our civilization is in danger of collapsing because of the inexorable advance of climate change. Soros said the melting of the Greenland ice sheet would increase the level of oceans by seven meters. That poses a threat to the survival of our civilization. 
Unless we change the way we deal with climate change, our civilization will thoroughly disrupt, will be disrupted by rising temperatures that will make large parts of the world particularly in, unlivable. Ricky blasts a suggestion. As a climate expert, I consider these environmental manipulation techniques extremely risky, Ariski said. Ariski continued by noting that powerful global elites, Gates in particular, Africa as a testbed for their radical ideas. And as an African climate expert, I strongly object to the idea that Africa should be turned into a testing ground for their use, Ariki wrote. Even if solar geoengineering, geoengineering can help deflect heat and improve weather conditions on the ground, a prospect that is unproven on any relevant scale is not a long-term solution to climate change. Instead, it sends a message to the world that we can carry on over-consuming polluting because we will be able to engineer our way out of a problem. He claimed that Soros and Gates are creating more damage to a already poor nation by reflecting sun away, sunlight away from the earth by injecting um, aerosols saying that millions, perhaps billions of people's livelihoods could be undermined. Ariki urged Africa to stop allowing extreme climate activists to stop letting them experiment on their country, adding that technology funded by Soros and Gates is potentially dangerous. Last year, the Biden administration announced a five-year plan to study the effects of geoengineering, which Congress approved. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Much respect to Africa finally standing up to Bill Gates, you know, and George Soros. I just wish they would also stand up to other racist white supremacist Europeans that are, you know, damaging their country, want to take their land and want to push Africa into further uh, subjugation. All right. So you heard of, you know, the deep state. You heard of. Deep fake. Well. They have this thing called, uh, uh, what is this? I'll say it this way, deep fake corn, okay? Deep fake corn. I'll put it that way. Let's get into that story. Nassau County District Attorney proposing new legislation to close a loophole and stop what's known as deep fake porn. The announcement comes on the day, the same day a 22-year-old man was sentenced for posting altered images of more than a dozen women on a porn site. Jody Goldberg has more from Long Island. If you're using social media, be careful what you post and who can access it. A warning from Nassau County District Attorney Ann Donnelly after the sentencing of Patrick Carey. He took photos and manipulated them and twisted them into the disgusting images that they became. The 22-year-old will have to register as a sex offender and spend the next six months in jail, followed by 10 years of probation. Carrie pleaded guilty last year to charges, including promoting a sexual performance by a child, harassment, and stalking. According to the indictment, he shared a sexually explicit photo of an underage teen, as well as deep fake images or altered photos of more than a dozen classmates to suggest they had engaged in sex acts. He'd post the photo 
photos to porn sites with the victims' names, addresses, and phone numbers. And Carrie would encourage other users to harass them. He tried to make them fear for their safety and their future. But he underestimated their bravery. During the sentencing, Carrie apologized for what he called unnecessary trauma. But one of the victims addressed him in a statement saying, quote, you disgust me, you have hurt me, you have changed me. I will never forgive you. As it stands, there are no laws in New York State to address so-called deep fakes, but proposed legislation dubbed the Digital Manipulation Protection Act would close the loophole. Under the proposed legislation, if an individual distributes a sexually explicit depiction of a child, they will face a felony charge and up to seven years in prison. While AI or artificial intelligence imaging can help in many ways, experts suggest nationwide regulation and fear a dangerous side of this tool could lead to misuse. We don't slow down and take it seriously. We could go in a very bad direction very quickly. Donnelly plans to seek sponsors to pass the legislation. So we are facing more attacks from people who are, you know, incels who want to pull this crap. Now, this guy targeted underage, you know, uh, underage girls, right? There's also stories of grown women being uh, targeted for that, too. Okay. So women, I will say this, that uh, women are going to have to be very extremely careful what they put on what they put online. Okay. Because it's not a game anymore. It really isn't. And I'll show you a uh, a story on that, too. Hold on one second. Let me get it. Getting it now. Here we are. Take for victims. And there is more that you need to know and learn about the dangers of deep fake porn. And most importantly, find out how we can fight it. Deep fake porn is a growing problem. It has terrifying implications. And today we are joined by a woman who has experienced that reality. Noel Martin is an Australian activist and lawyer. Having been a target of deepfake porn, she is now working towards raising awareness about technology-facilitated sexual abuse. Welcome to Beyond, Ms. Martin. My first question to you is, you have been a victim of deepfake pornography. Could you please tell us how you discovered your fake videos and images on the internet. My journey with this abuse has extended over 10 years and it started off with perpetrators fabricating uh, images of me into pornography and sharing that online. Uh, I spoke out about it and I started fighting for law reform and that only caused the perpetrators to continue to target me and, and so they created fake videos of me, deep fake videos of me, I believe as as a way to silence me for speaking out. 
So did you eventually find out who was behind it? To this day, I have no idea who's behind it. And I, I don't believe it is one person. I think it's um, a number of people. And I do believe that they are overseas, so not in Australia. So in such a case, how can we trace and punish offenders then? What we have is, is a global problem. And um, countries around the world can only do so much. Uh, because they are limited by jurisdiction. And so we need to figure out a solution, um, I believe a global solution, um, so that we don't have a situation where someone halfway around the world can do this to another person and ruin their life and livelihood and employability and dreams and hopes um, without being held accountable and the journey that we're on. So when we talk about deepfake pornography, victim blaming is quite common. And that's unfortunate. How can we change that? Victim blaming, um, the shaming of women is is very, it's a, it's a huge issue. I think the best way to deal with it is, um, is to have conversations and have these un uncomfortable conversations. I mean, we certainly need these conversations to be had in schools, in universities, in communities. And we have to be willing to challenge um, our own attitudes and assumptions and also be willing to challenge other people um, that might have these uh, attitudes. There is another concern. In times when AI is rapidly advancing, it could become easier for people to access new technologies and create fake videos and photos. How can we tackle it? I think there, there won't be just one solution. Um, we, need to, we need to ensure and fight for countries and, and jurisdictions around the world to, um, to criminalise the non-consensual sharing of intimate images um, and videos. And that, that needs to include AI-generated deepfake porn. Um, so we need, we need laws. We need um, some sort of justice in place for victims to, to, to turn to. We also need to improve our education around this issue. We need, um, we need to hold tech companies accountable and um, tech companies who are helping to facilitate this in some way. So ladies, you got to be careful about what you post on social media right now. A lot of creeps and weirdos. All right. And you have to check yourself. Oh, you're victim blaming. No, it's called have some self accountability. All right. Your body, your choice, right? Well, it's your body, your responsibility. That's how it is. Okay? You're not kids. All right. Well, that's going to end our stream. Um, anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. I'm also on Spotify. You can hit me up there. Uh, leave comments in the comment section. Let's have a discussion. What are your thoughts of uh, on uh, deep fake porn? Does this mean that women will have to be more accountable for what they put on the internet regarding to their bodies and selfies? Let me know in the comment section. Also, your thoughts on Ukraine joining NATO. All right. And other topics that I've discussed today. Let me know what your thoughts on the other topics that I've discussed. Okay. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.